0: New
1: York, big city of dreams. Call, 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 call me straight out, out.
0: New York, New York, big city of dreams. N-N-N-N-N-N-Y-C. What's going on? This is J. Ellis from the Nick of Time Show. Here giving you that Nick's talk, Justin Nick of Time. And it's time to talk about a frustrating loss today because the knicks lost to the lakers all right lose 123 to 109 despite some heroic efforts for the knicks to get back into the game jalen brunson finishes with 37 points on the night quickly chips in with 19 points on the night Hart gave you 16 points 13 rebounds and randall finishes with 23 points 12 rebounds and five assists but you know when you're looking at the game rebounding was an issue all game especially offensive rebounds the knicks lose the rebounding battle to the lakers 59 to 53 we miss you mitch all right and also you know the fourth quarter and the overtime we struggled to score once again proving once again clutch moments have not been our best moments and we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about it all the good the bad the ugly and there was a lot of all of those but before we talk about (laughs) it first Hit the like and subscribe button if you feel in the KOT show and you are loving the content that we put out each and every game. All right. Win or lose, rain or shy. We are here talking Knicks basketball. So hit the like and subscribe button and also shout out to FUBU TV. If you want to watch, if you ever want to watch the Knicks for free for seven days, go to FUBUTV.com slash KOT and you'll be able to watch the Knicks for free on MSG for 7 days and if you decide to keep it you you know you 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 you'll pay every month get the subscription but you can cancel the, the subscription whenever you want so shout out to FUBU TV all right all right now let me introduce you to my guys first and foremost it is the man the myth the legend the guy with the stats and the facts
2: Ryan G's in the building, and I'm going to say this, yo. LeBron ain't low, because my man sat out against the Nets because he knew he had MSG in the Knicks on the next night, so he wanted to make sure he was fresh and ready to come to MSG and play. I just wish that he went home with the L instead of the W.
0: Absolutely, man. He wanted to be well rested for this game, and uh, apparently – He was rested enough. He had a triple double, but it was still an interesting, weird shooting game for him. Uh, but next you already know what this is, is the Latin assassin ESPN contributor, (laughs) here we go. ESPN contributor (laughs) posting and toasting contributor, SNY contributor, the man himself, Lee Escobedo what's going on. Lee.
1: What's up, y'all? Good to be on the show, my brothers. Uh, Happy talking to Knicks after a a wonderful win. Uh, Love the effort from our guys. Uh, It was great to see our coach actually have some great out-of-timeout plays and run a good rotation, do some good play calling. It was a great night for Tibbs. Great win for the Knicks. Uh, Yeah, man, shout out to Knicks. I'm a happy guy.
0: (laughs) All (laughs) right. All right. Cool. Well, let's let's talk about that. That that was confusing, but let's start talking about the game. (laughs) I guess it's opposite day. Sarcasm day. Um, funny enough, Lee, I did want to talk about out of timeout plays because that was a gripe. And here's my gripe. Knicks were in trouble in the fourth quarter and Tibbs ran like a beautiful out of timeout play. This is not sarcasm. This is real, right? Matter of fact, all year, I felt like most of his out of timeout plays were pretty good. We scored out of a lot of our out of timeout plays. There was like ball movement, dribble handoffs, misdirection, and it all headed to Jalen Brunson getting a wide open layup. Then when the game is on the line. The complete opposite happens. <laughs> it's like clear out ISO, and what's funny to me is we're coming back. Jalen Brunson is on his tear, scores a bus bucket, crowd is going wild. Next thing you know, next play over, Jalen Brunson gets a charge, crowd is going wild, tie game. It's a chance for Jalen Brunson to have his next moment, his MSG moment. He's already getting buckets. He's scored 30 points by now and the ball ends up in Julius Randle's hand. And I don't know why it ended up in his hands when you see how the momentum is going. Even if you're going to ISO, why not have it in Jalen Brunson's hands? when he was cooking. And then on top of that, Randall was double and he had ample time to kick it to Brunson at the top of the key and did not choose to do it. So I just, I just don't get it. I don't get this. Sometimes man, the coach, the coach's pulse on the game is that of like, of a dead person, like no pulse at all. I don't understand how do you come out of these moments and call that play and not have the ball end up in Brunson's hand? Like I, I just I just don't get it. That was frustrating. I don't know. Anybody else want to have anything say?
1: I'm Let glad, you're, I'm glad you're talking since because hearing you say that makes me want to tone down and turn down the fire <laughs> the fire, Tibbs rage to know that my, if anyone's talking sense, my man Jay Ellis, who usually tries to be balanced and gives more of a defense for Tibbs uh, than any of the three of us. So I'm glad to hear you say about Jay Ellis. I agree 100%. It also wasn't just on him. I had the idea of some major critique and criticism to Julius Randle, yeah. who played maybe his worst game of the season tonight. Made me look like an absolute clown with my Julius Randle MVP candidate take. Makes him want to rip up that apology note <laughs> that I wrote. <laughs> to Damn, man, I'm trying to be on my guy's side. I'm trying to represent for Dallas. He played an absolute disgusting game and got caught up in the one-on-one with LeBron. He really wanted to show out. He got into too many one-on-one situations, wasn't looking for his teammates, was a black hole on offense. Like missed cues on defense, lack of effort on defense. He was there on a rebounding side. He just had an unbelievable rebounder. So it's real hard for him to be there in that regard. But in every other capacity, especially mentally, turnovers, timely mistakes, he was just a total bum tonight on the court. And I hate saying that because I've really been on his side this season. And Jalen Brunson as well. Dynamo, cooking, offensive guru best sign since Allen Houston. I still stand by all those things, but the man has to try to get the guys involved. The offense is so stagnant on his watch. He just doesn't initiate any type of action that gets other guys going. He only looks for himself. He's out there thinking he's Allen Iverson and he's not, he's a damn good player. He's an all-star. He's all NBA. He's a bucket. But if you want your team to get to the next level, you have to get your team involved. If this is not a one-on-one game, and he's out there like a mini Julius Randall and an extension of Tibbs. They all feed off each other and all creates a stagnant, dysfunctional offense, and I blame all three of them.
2: Go ahead, Ryan. My man. See, that's why I wanted Lee to go first because I just wanted to hear what he had to say because I was like – don't let that Jalen Brunson 37 points fool you tonight. Yep. Because honestly, even though he scored, even though he scored a lot of points and in the fourth quarter he hit some big baskets, I did not like his game today at all. Too many isolation plays where he where he got himself into trouble and the shot clock was running out, and then he passed it to somebody else to try to bail him out at the last second. I saw too much of that tonight. He needs to move the ball more sometimes. 29 shot attempts? Like, come on now. Ridiculous. You have to get other players involved. You can't just go isolation all the time like that, especially when you're not being effective at it. I did not like Jalen Brunson's game at all. And I will argue that quickly 19 and 8 tonight was more effective. 100%. 100%.
1: 37
2: points tonight. I would argue that.
1: 100%. Agree. I do agree 100%.
2: Yeah, but besides that, I mean, it seems like lately the Knicks are getting off the slow starts. You know, they got, off, they, got, they got off to a slow start in the Boston game. Then they got off to a slow start in the Nets game. They got to another slow start tonight. Lakers games. So I really don't know what's been going on with the first quarter production as of late. But, you know, you can't keep on falling behind in the first quarter and expect to come back every single game like that. So I don't know what's going on there, but I did like Jalen Brunson's game tonight. You know the stats show he's been he was good, but the play was not good. Quickly to me, I feel like was a better guard tonight than Jalen Brunson at the point guard position, one hundred percent. And it was just it was just a lot of possessions where I was just like, like I don't know what the Knicks were doing. Like for example, one possession in the fourth quarter where the Knicks I think the Knicks at the time the Knicks were behind by like maybe six or so or like two minutes ago and they got so many offensive rebounds and every position and every possession, they, they just shot a three and bricked it. I'm like, I can understand the first three with Grimes, you know, in the corner, I can understand that three, but it's like to keep on getting offensive rebounds and keep on shooting the three. Like I did not understand it when you're not knocking down the three, why not try to drive into the lane and see if you can get an easy basket or try to, or try to get a foul called or something like that on you. You know, uh-huh. it, it, it's it's just, it's just
0: this team and shout out out that YouTube video there's a one YouTube he broke it down beautifully about um, this team attacking closeouts like our team isn't really good at attacking closeouts in general outside of Grimes and it causes problems in clusters especially because For the most part, if we can't attack closeouts and on top of that we can't hit threes, then we're like really in trouble. Um, Today, looking at the three point shooting, twenty percent from three from the Knicks. Um, So that's that's definitely one thing that we had. We like we we just we we suck at attacking closeouts sometimes, and sometimes we just suck at hitting shots and. I thought we were over this. I don't know if it's because we're just less tense at home. I mean, away. But it just seems like this team, when they're away from MSG, they don't have a fear. I feel like they like the feeling of being in enemy territory and being hated for some reason. Like, I'm really starting to believe that. It just seems like they're just a lot freer, especially Randall. Randall specifically, he just seems a lot freer when he plays away from home, so I wonder if it has anything to do with that. Um, Also, with the Jalen Brunson thing, the beginning of the game was was telling because Jalen Brunson is a very gifted isolation player, Um, but when it doesn't work, it really stands out and sucks, and it hurt us a lot in that first quarter f- specifically, that was probably like the biggest concentration of yo, this is not working. We need to t- try something else. Then, then you look up at seven minutes and fifty seconds left in the first quarter. The Knicks only have f- five points to 15 by the Lakers. And you're like, Bruh. what's going on right here? Like we need we need we need to switch it out. And it and it's just like you got Brunson going into the trees, the Lakers are packing the paint, and then on top of that. No one's hitting threes and exasperates the issue. And this is one of those situations where you wish Tibbs had a pulse on the game and goes, wow, we're having problems scoring. Maybe I should get my off the bench score in the game a little bit earlier in Emmanuel manual quickly. Uh, manual quickly comes in. This is like an eight point swing all of a sudden in like a like a minute, you know, ball starts to move a little bit. Hits Randall for an open three. He hits it three. Grimes comes over. He gets a, a breakaway layup. Next thing you know, it was like, like a two-point game or something like that. You know what I mean? So like this game was this game was frustrating for a lot of reasons. Um to me, like I when I look at it, like whose fault is it, and I put percentages in on my mind, coaching versus player versus and and range that i i this game i heavily put it on the coach for this game for for real like it it was it was it was a lot to see it was a lot to take in i don't know if anybody has anything to that
1: (laughs) ryan i'm real happy to to hear that you agreed about the the Jalen Brunson i was i was interested to see what y'all were going to say when i brought that up i didn't know what the sentiment was going to be like but i'm glad you also countered it with giving emmanuel quickly flowers Emmanuel quickly has potential to be one of our top three best guys on this team. I'm not going to be audacious enough to say that, that he's that now because he still has some growing to do. And he's right. also not in the same role, having to do the same things that RJ and Randall and Brunson are having to do as being a part of our second unit. But his potential is a lot higher than I thought it was. And I think that he's better. I'll do Brunson IQ uh, in terms of intelligence and scoring ability. Mm-hmm. Every other facet of a game, I'm choosing IQ. Rebounding, defense, sometimes decision-making, mm-hmm. shooting, driving to the hole. IQ is a dog. If he was in that that 2 guard position next to Brunson, I think he could really unlock all of his talents and be a really special player for our team. I love him. Uh, he was someone who has time ambivalent. Do we trade him? Do we retain him? Two years ago, a year ago, I didn't really care. I was never part of the Hive. But the truth has been seen this year and the jump that he's made. And and I've also never been someone who's like, trade this player. I Wave this guy. That's just not me. Randall's the only guy I've been that way about because he frustrated me emotionally and mentally. We've got to keep IQ at all costs. Even if it means moving uh, RJ Barrett to the bench and seeing what IQ can give you in that starting position and maintain mood grinds of a three, I wouldn't mind even seeing that. Like I just want Emmanuel Twitter to have a larger role. And one of the things that Tibbs has done – that I'll give him props for, is giving him that. IQ has flourished under Tibbs' coaching direction and trust, and I will give both of them props. Both Tibbs for giving that to him and IQ for running with it. Yeah.
0: As a proud IQ Hive card-carrying member, um, I don't remember people, I'm not down in Grimes, but there was a conversation before, like, who's better at Grimes than IQ? And I would always say IQ because I feel like his versatility, um, his versatility to me was like, way, his ceiling, his versatility, his versatility ceiling was way higher than Grimes in my mind, because of the type of passes he does on top of the scoring and top of the rebounding. Um, the only thing I can give Grimes a higher ceiling for maybe is the defense um, because of his height. But everything else i just i always just felt like between the work ethic the film study the long deep threes and like that he has that it the the audacity that's what it really it is for me it's the studying the work ethic mixed with the audacity that i can do whatever the hell i want for you to be able to take like half court threes as a rookie all those time like you have to have like that that it thing in your mind that I'm the, I'm the ish. And I kind of felt like it was always going to come together at a certain point. And I'm glad it's happening right now. And I, like you said, Lee, I'm not going to say he's better than Brunson or anybody right now, because I appreciate these guys and I appreciate you guys, but here's yeah. what you have to do as fans, right? You have to look, he's been doing very well for a month. Before you can say he's better than somebody, he has to do it longer for a month. Cause that's when people start to get in trouble talking about this person is better than Melo. This person is doing it back. Yes, this person might be playing better than this person in this small moment of time, small moment of time. But consistency is the key you you have to be able to do it month after month after month and then go okay 82 game season this is what he's doing now i can make that declaration so we got to see this now you got to see this in the playoffs and we got to see this consistently year after year and not like the crazy slow starts that we're used to seeing but very happy for quickly changed the game when he when he came in um in the this the second quarter um, and I wish once again, I wish they went to him a little bit more in the third quarter. And, and this is, I feel like this is the scheme part from the coach. It's by design that we go. Randall, Randall Brunson, Randall Brunson, Randall Brunson. Like, I, I don't know, but I, I wish quickly's number could be called a little bit more in, in those situations.
1: Well, uh, Ryan, I'll, I'll let you do. I just want to say, t- just a comment on that. He did choose him over RJ in the fourth quarter.
0: He did. He yeah. did. You're absolutely right about that. You're absolutely right about that. You got to give him credit for that. He did choose yeah, him over right RJ move. in the fourth quarter. Um, he's been choosing him over RJ in a lot of four quarters for the most part. I kind of think he's just getting RJ in there sometimes in that last minute to, to not, like, Kind of break RJ's confidence, type of thing. He's like, oh man, this is our. I mean, to get him in here somehow, but he's getting very comfortable with IQ's decision making. And I don't know. I'm hoping as time goes on, the role expands and he's involved a little bit more in um, like final play. Cause I always felt like IQ had a killer instinct from year one. You know what I mean? You can you can tell from when the Knicks played that Miami game and he took the and he brought the team back. Uh when we played the the, the Portland Trail Blazers last year, I always felt like he had that killer instinct. So I'm hoping that <clears throat> that uh he gets a larger role in that type of look. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and I just wanna um say this about quickly, right quick. So you know, I've been seeing a lot of like people on Nick's Twitter saying how, you know, quickly should start and things of that nature. And the
0: phone lines. Sorry. Sorry.
2: Yeah. And yeah, so. I'm hesitant to put quickly in the starting lineup as of right now, because the Knicks do need that bench production and quickly provides that. I think I think what I'm more concerned with, and this is what jail is pretty much talked about, is how the minutes are used. You know, because if you if you look at that, like good teams throughout the years, like for example, you have six men on the bench. Like if your team is a really good team, you have six men coming off the bench that are essentially starters and they play starters' minutes. You know, and they, and they can still be effective off the bench. You know, like for example, when the Knicks had their 50 win season that year, Gerald right. Smith was coming off the bench and Gerald Smith is a quality starter. But, you know, they had him come off the bench and he ended up winning six man of the year. And I feel like, I like quickly in that role because at the moment, an expense is thin and quickly provides that pop off the bench. And I think I like the way Thibs is using him at the moment because let's be honest, RJ R.J. hasn't been great as of late. He's been struggling as of late and quickly has been playing better than him. So it wouldn't make sense to give quickly those minutes, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. late in the fourth quarter over struggling, over struggling RJ Barrett and and I think I think this should be mentioned as well. Um, RJ Barrett is clearly not happy because it's been reported that he skipped out on media. He skipped out on the media tonight because he was benched in the fourth quarter and overtime. So he didn't. Even, he didn't even talk to the media tonight. He skipped out. So RJ Barrett is clearly clearly upset at what's been going on at the moment with his minutes. So, but at the moment, like, quickly deserves the playing time. The the man is playing well.
1: Right when mm-hmm. we. When we eventually upgrade this roster, when we go after that star, because Leon Rhodes clearly has a game plan to go after a star, the position that needs to be improved is RJ's position. I think Brunson, Grimes, Mitch, and Randall are solidified. The team is committed to them. It's going to be the RJ position that's going to be upgraded, which means he's, he's either traded in that package or he's moved to the bench.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, I'm not making any hasty decisions this year. On RJ Barrett. I've already talked about it with you guys, how I felt like we were an elite wing away from really challenging a lot of these teams. Um, And we either have to have RJ grow into that elite wing or we have to, you know, trade for one. So it's going to be either or for me. I've seen a God good stretches from RJ since that infamous Dallas loss when he's been finishing at a higher clip. Um, I would like him to really take the passing leap. Cause I feel like his passing has been underrated, but he's also himself underutilizing utilizing his passing and you know, and I think if he, those things start to come together, we'll be fine. Even the 3.3 point, three point shooting has been pretty decent. Well, not today, today was horrible. Um, but that's why he was on the bench. You like you, you, you gotta shoot better. You shoot better, you play better, you, you you get more minutes, you get those clutch minutes. Um, but listen, man, we have we all have eyes at this time. Like you said, Ryan, quickly is really solidifying the bench scoring unit right now. And at this point, when I'm looking at I'm looking at I trust Quickly more to run the bench unit at this time than RJ. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I get I get people who want to start quickly for sure. Like, it would definitely help. But we need some stability on that bench. I still want to have RJ play with the bench unit to try to see if we can get that out of him, get that, you know, let me be the man thing out of him, and just give him the year to kind of try to figure it out. And, and see what happens, because that's who we invested in. That's our third pick of the draft. We we, we just got to see what it is. You know, we we, we got to try it out.
1: I wish RJ would have been drafted between like five or 15. I mean, a lot of the expectations and pressure wouldn't be there if he hadn't been a lottery pick and he, and more so a top three pick, especially coming after Zion and Ja. It's mm-hmm. just a hard for him to be with. He's always going to be judged against those other two guys. And he's just flat out not in that echelon. Will never be in that echelon. Has no potential to be in that echelon. If he was drafted like eighth, or 10th in that draft, we would, we would look at him a lot different. But, oh, he's actually had seen expectations. Like he's a 20-point-per-game player, but the fact that he's so inefficient and inconsistent and his defense has been atrocious lately, yeah. we judge him with a lot harsher metric, and he should because he was taken three. So a lot of that is earned in that regard. But I think hypothetically, if he was drafted a little bit lower, I think the expectations would be a little bit easier on him.
0: Right. But it's up to him at this point. He's working hard. He he's definitely working hard. I don't doubt his work ethic for sure. You gotta put it together though. And he has to actually start to take that leap. Hopefully he figures it out this year. Cause fourth yeah. year, I talked about I've talked about it a few times on his channel. The one high, the one high volume, low efficiency score that turned it around was Kemba Walker. He was a guy who put up a lot of shots, wasn't super efficient. The fourth year Kemba Walker figured it out, started hitting threes and started hitting at a higher clip and he became an all-star. This is the fourth year for RJ Barrett. Hopefully by the end of the season, he figures it out. All right? All right. Salute to the chat, we're here after a Knicks loss. I don't have my usual energy being kind of tight. I'm kind of tired. I actually was working really hard today, so I'm a little bit tired. So. But it's fine. We're here talking Knicks basketball with you guys. But shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to Amazement17, Eddie Alvarez, uh, Zentrix, uh, PudgeNYC, Alexander, Chomboy, 72Able, J Money. Everybody else is rocking with the KFT Show. Shout out to you guys. If you like the show so far, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. We're here talking Knicks after every game. And we're we're going to actually have a very special guest on Thursday, so check out the Twitter. If you haven't followed us on Twitter already, go to the DKLT Show on Twitter, and we'll announce the special guest uh, who's gonna be joining us live for our post game, all right? Um, you have a caller on the line. Hold on, shout out, I got the gunshots for this caller. Shout out to my, hold on, hold on, my, my Kathy. Shout out to Kathy, still First Lady OKT okay, in the chat. Shout out to you, Kathy. You gotta jump on sometime, Kathy. If you are just in the chat, you should be on the show, Kathy. You gotta be on the show. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first caller up, man, 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 my guy, Ron Cleveland. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get the volume up. Taylor. Yeah.
3: Man, you can hear me, man? I can hear you. I can hear
0: you, man. All
3: right. Hey, man. Hey, you're going to have to bear with me, man, because, I, hey, hey, I, I see I see where the Knicks going with this thing. But first off, first off, I got to talk with the Knicks. The Knicks had that game, man. Julius Randle blew that game at the end. I know you don't want to point no fingers, man, but common sense. When LeBron came down for that double team, Jalen Brunson was wide open. Yeah. Came open. I started with that. You know, when, when, it, when, when he didn't pass that ball, and we went to overtime and said we're going to lose this game because of that play. we was going to lose the game. And, and, and exactly what happened, we lost the game. Another thing, missing Mitch, Mitch, man. How many games have we yep. won since Mitch been gone? I'm yes, waiting man. for all these people that want to run Mitch out of town. Since Mitch is gone, everybody been driving their cars and parking it on the garden floor. You know what they want to do?
0: Let them know. You know what I
3: mean? When Mitch was there, none of that was going on. Nope. So that's another thing. And I'm going to tell you this. Quickly. Shout out to my man Lee. Because Lee, your mindset is exactly where mine is at. I didn't see this from Quickly. But fellas, I'm gonna tell y'all right now. Quickly is the third best player on this team. Quickly is a two way player. Mm-hmm. I say again, he's a two way player. RJ has regrets. RJ has not elevated his game since he's been in his league. And I said it, and everybody will get happy about Free Throw. You're supposed to be able to shoot free throws. That's the only thing that he that he's been able to do better since he came to the league. The guy mid range game is still suspect, don't really have that. And man, I didn't see more air balls this year than I than I can count from it. You know what I mean? RJ, and I said it during in the offseason, I said RJ has reached his ceiling. The thing is, when you grab a player with that third that third overall pick, y'all know this fellas, as long as y'all been watching basketball. Typically that third overall pick is a different maker. Franchise player. That's what they normally are. And RJ is not that dude. And the problem is with paying that guy that kind of money. And and this is another thing I'm gonna tell y'all, and this and I'm gonna let you go. But mm-hmm. this this is what y'all need to pay attention to. The New York Knicks looking at OG Ananobi. For me, I wouldn't do it for no three first round picks. I wouldn't do that. That's too much. If you're doing that, you got to get a superstar. But if I understand, I understand the premise of why they got trying to get it. We need a way. We do need that because Cam is out the door. But I'm telling you like this. If the Knicks get OG, OG and you know they're looking to trade Cam to Milwaukee for dealing for, uh, what's the kid? Oh, my goodness. Jason Apples. Mm-hmm. What's, his Jason, what's his name? Grayson Allen. You know who I'm talking about. Right? Grayson Allen. Yeah, Grayson Allen. If the Knicks are looking to bring these two guys in, you best believe R.J. Barrett is done. He will be traded, and Grimes will go to that second unit with quick. Uh, That's what it's looking like the Knicks trying to do. Think about it, fellas. Really think about it now. because uh, You cannot you cannot have O.J. Ananobi in that starting lineup with R.J. Barrett. You can't have that. I
0: don't see it. Because
3: both of those guys are pretty much flat.
0: So,
3: so, hey, y'all two on that, man. But Julius Randle lost his game tonight, man. Tom riding the hot hand as he should. RJ has regressed again this season. RJ started slow, then he had he, been, he, he was beating it up. Had about 12 good games, then he got hurt, and now RJ looking looking soft again with his game and his defense is atrocious. Hey, y'all have a good night, man. It ain't gonna get better till till the blockness monster come back. Yeah. Seeing Mr. Mitchell Robinson.
0: Man. Yeah, man. All right, shout
3: out to my guy Ron, yo.
1: yo. <laughs>
0: he said a lot. He said a lot.
1: Yeah. There was a
0: lot to chew on in that one call. Um, I know people down on RJ. I'm still, I'm still riding with RJ, man. I'm still riding with RJ. I know he's not the third. The th- I know he's not performing to the overall third pick like we want. I understand the concerns with RJ. Um, I'm still hoping, man, I'm just, I'm still hoping that he can turn it around. I don't think he's regressed. I just think that the steps that he's taking to improve year to year aren't like giant leaps, you know what I mean? They're more like baby steps. <laughs> so like, he, like, I feel like I have seen him like right now he with the struggles, he's still finishing at the highest clip at the rim. He has in his career, the free throw has. Has definitely improved as well. Um, the passing though, I need to see something else from the passing. And you know what? I will say his defense has regressed. I'll give you that. The defense has definitely regressed. Um, I don't know if you guys want to add anything to that. Anything because he said a lot. You
1: go first, Ryan. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. I'll Is go Ryan first. G out the <laughs> building? Okay. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> Uh, great, great G and
0: new computer, all right?
1: Jeez. Great call. Appreciate the love, Ron. My first time chatting with you. Uh, that was a five star call. The, I think the only thing that, that that I would take onus with is I wouldn't word it to said RG has regret. Defensively, yes. Offensively, I wouldn't say that he's regressed. I think he's hit a ceiling. I think this is who he is. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get much better. I think an inefficient twenty point per game player that sometimes plays above-average defense, and can't be counted on the clutch is who he is. That's not altogether horrible in in context of where he was selected in the draft. It's a disappointment, but I think he can be a fourth option on a championship-level team. So I, I don't think we're ever going to see him get better than what he – I think this is it. Uh, but He has maximized his potential because he lacks athleticism. He has a high IQ, but he doesn't have a really consistent, smooth shot and he doesn't have the mechanics to get better as uh, a ball handler or a facilitator um, or on or a three-level score. So I think what we're seeing is R.J. Barrett. Now, you have to make a decision. I think the front office has already dictated they also feel that way, which is why he was included in Donovan Mitchell talks as a centerpiece because I think they also have admitted this mm-hmm. is a ceiling of this player. So he they're using him to, as a swap to get that guy in who's going to replace him. Minutes, production, and role. So in order for us to to ever really become a contender, it's, like I said, it's going to be RG either going out in that trade or being moved to the bench, where I think he could thrive in a bench role as long as they're shooting around him. Yeah. Oh, also, shout out my uncle, uh, Tony. Tony's in the chat, baby, one of my favorite all-time. Okay. Uh, Twitter followers and Nits mentor
0: Tony Banks in the chat. Shout, shout out to Tony. Tony Banks. Oh, yeah, yeah, shout out $10 super chat too. Shout out to you, Tony, for the $10. Shoot Tony, yeah, yes, says enjoying man. the show. Appreciate you, Tony. Appreciate you. Um, man, I don't want to, he's too young for me to give up on him. He's too young, and, and we got, we talked about this before about the acceleration in which. Grimes is taking a step and IQ is taking a step versus RJ is taking a step. Um, I I think he'll get better. I'm not sure how much better he'll get, but because it's, it's been like a slow grind for him with small improvements in little areas, I think he still will get better. I just, I just, I'm not, I'm not ready to throw in the towel, man. I'm not ready to throw in the towel with RJ, but I don't, I don't fault you guys for thinking that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it's ridiculous for you guys to say that out loud because you can only go by what you've seen in, in the past four years. I just know sometimes it just takes people uh, a long time to to do something. Like it took, Victor Oladipo took seven years to develop before he started cooking. Um, people don't even realize when Victor, This once upon a time, Victor Oladipo was like really nasty. Before he got his injury, and everybody thought, you know, it, it was was he what he was, and he got went to OKC to the Pacers, and then he really turned down and started to be an All Star. So I still feel like there's a role for him to be better. The same thing can said about Julius Randle You know, he took a while for him to get better, um, but I, I get it. I get it. I, I definitely get it. Um, now with the OG thing, I don't even want to talk about that. Like, you no, know I'm not even gonna talk about OG right now. We gonna talk about OG a little bit later. Um, we, when we talk about rumors, um, so I'm a, I'm gonna pause the OG talk for right now, and we'll just give let's we'll just give Mitch some props, some flowers, because I man, people were telling me for all these time, oh, Mitch is, is is expendable because he makes the league average for a center at his position, and we have Sims, and we have you know like we he we. dog. Mitch, everybody can see it. Knicks were a top 10 offense and defense when Mitch was in the lineup. Right now, if you look offense, we still kind of maintained, which is, I'm happy about the defense has slid from top 10 to like top 15, 16 since yeah. Mitch has gone down. So I absolutely love Sims. I love his potential, his work ethic, Hartenstein. He's had, he's, he's been formidable. He's been former formidable. He had actually pretty decent game today. 16 points, 13 rebounds, but at the end of the day, we still have problems rebounding the ball. We still lost the rebounding bottle. You saw how many offensive rebounds we gave up. We saw what freaking Anthony Davis did to Sims. What I keep telling you guys, when it comes to these taller, long centers, Sim struggles against those guys. Yeah. I keep telling you guys and he's athletic, but the thing about being super athletic, but not having the length is to make an impact. You're going to have to jump and get off the floor. And when you're jumping and getting off the floor as a defender, you're at a disadvantage. Mitch doesn't have to jump and get off the floor to defend two people. He can stand up. And have one hand up like this to defend the shot, and one hand to the side to defend the pass at the same damn time. This is why we need Mitchell Robinson here, and I'm hesitant to just like throw him in whatever and willingly trade, unless we're trading for some uh, somebody named Joel and B. All right. <laughs> so I- I'm giving Mitch his flowers, His flowers for sure. I don't know if anybody else has anything to say about that.
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, in regards to Mitchell Robinson, like, <laughs> I mean, it's been clear, like earlier in the season when the Knicks had a losing streak, I mean, that coincided with Mitch being out and now with the Knicks struggling, it's still coincided with Mitch being out. So, I mean, if you're a Knicks fan watching the Knicks and you can't see that for yourself by now that Mitch is an essential piece of the puzzle to the Knicks success, I mean, you're just blind or you're just ignorant and don't want to accept the facts.
0: Yeah. He's a he's a foundational piece here. He's a foundational piece here for sure. Um, so shout out to Mitch we miss him. Only thing else I have to really say is the OB topping factor. You know, I actually liked OB was was competing today. He was getting at the he was getting at the boards today. I wish he got a little bit more run. I feel like days like this when we're struggling to shoot from the outside, we should have a guy who's shooting 37% from three out there, especially. Um, he well, I seen the stat that said he's shooting forty six percent from three since returning from injury. Like, leave that guy out there a little bit more, especially if one of the biggest gripes is he's not giving you rebounds, and he's actually rebounding at a high, very high clip today. Tough, tough contested rebounds, rebounds too, with Anthony Davis around him. So I wish he got a lot of more time today, um, and. Another reason why it's like I'm like damn yo, know, we're gonna have to move that man at a certain point.
1: That that that's a good segue into something I wanted to talk about concerning both Mitch Hartenstein and Sims. When Mitch is out, I think I wanted to give Tibbs his flowers. Hartenstein was a right choice tonight. You're yes. absolutely right, JLS, when you say that that Sims straddles against not just big long centers. But ones who are very offensively skilled footwork wise, yeah. I think he struggles even even more because I think he's a podo stick and he's used to guarding the Clint Capella's the guys that don't have a whole lot of footwork or an offensive arsenal to where he can just put his hands up and guard him in the paint and bots out. Right. But when you have someone like Anthony Davis, who has lost a step but is still incredibly skilled underneath the basket. He got cut in the first quarter. And props props to Tibbs for seeing that and yanking them. And putting in Isaiah Hartenstein because Isaiah Hartenstein just had a great game, he had the highest plus minus uh, on the team. He was plus ten. Sims had the lowest. Minuses. Gotta and hit the gunshots for
0: Hartenstein because we cook him on this show.
1: And <laughs> you, you, I thought, I thought Tips used him well this this game on offense. He had him, he had him as as a strainer. He mm-hmm. had him in there for spacing, and he had him in there as a role man too. He was actually utilizing his skill set not as a passer. But as a score, and I yeah. thought that helped keep us in the game because he saw Anthony Davis was struggling on defense, and Hartenstein had a pretty solid night since 10 and thirteen at the center position, and that was because Tibbs saw that mismatch and utilized him. So hey, I died of the man's flowers, even though he's a guard gnome, and I want him out of MSG. <laughs> Knocks on that.
0: Yo, there wasn't even a part of Randall's game. Well, I think the second or third quarter when I actually liked Randall's process for a second. And it was when he was kind of playing a little bit of a two-man game with Hartenstein, Randall was going to the hole and it was screening and rolling. And and Randall found Hartenstein on the roll a few times right by the basket um, to get Anthony Davis moving. So I didn't like Randall's process the entire game, but he had some good moments early, but a great, great uh, game for Hartenstein today, who really battled on the boards um, against a guy who's, just ridiculously taller than he is, so you, you got to give him his flowers today. And um, he got some some foul calls that were just, you know, usually Hartenstein fouls too much for me. But some of his calls today were a little bit questionable on Hart for sure. I, uh yeah, he was definitely getting the su- AD was definitely getting some superstar calls today. All right, but yo, salute to the chat. We got we got to we got some super chats raining in today. Five dollars super chat from the gaming channel says, love the show. We need to trade RJ, um, D Rose, Evan Fournier, first round pick and second round picks for Zach Levine and Patrick Williams. Lord. (laughs) (sighs) I'm holding off dog. I'm holding off. I'm holding off. I said, I, I, we flirted with that conversation about a month ago. And then the team started running off eight in a row. I'm holding off, I'm holding off on the trade. RJ's so, all right, hitting a pause. I know he's struggling today, but I don't want to be too reactionary. I'm gonna hold off, all right. All right, salute to the chat. Um, shout out to everybody. If you're new, hit that like and subscribe button. We're here talking Knicks after every game, all right. And we're definitely going to get into some rumors and talk about those as well. We've de- uh so. Shout out to Alexander. Shout out to DJ DJ Dax. Shout out to Ann Grill. Shout out to Julian Bloom. Shout out to Edward Walker. Shout out to Eddie Alvarez. Everybody was rocking with the show. Hey, Paul. I see you too. Jay Supreme. I see you. All right. Um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Well, let's see. So. OG Ananobi. We've talked about OG Ananobi a few times on this program already. Um, shout out to me and Lee. We're kind of on some ESP. I'm like, yo, I feel like we're really on this OG Ananobi. I, I kind of feel like it just made sense because when you're looking at the rumors, it like the Knicks getting Grayson Allen for, for just straight up for Cam Reddish, it just, it just didn't seem likely to me. And then you see these rumors that said, you know, somebody, the Knicks offered three first round picks for OG, not the Knicks, somebody offered, somebody offered uh, three first round picks for OG and, and me and you look at each other, it's like, that had to be the Knicks. Like it had to be, <laughs> it had to be the Knicks. And long behold, champs has, has came out and said that the Knicks and the Phoenix Suns are very interested in OG Ananobi. And Shams also said officially today that Toronto is open to taking calls on it. Um so we've talked about our opinions on that already. Um about talked about the amount of picks that which you would involve if any of your opinions changed um since that conversation. Um I could start with you, Lee. I already know what your opinion is.
1: I really like the kid. Uh, I don't think he has much higher of a ceiling than RJ. So we're kind of bringing in another guy that's in that same category of like, you know, a, a, a B plus, mm-hmm. and maybe like an A minus in his best game, but also could be a C plus in his worst game. Uh, it's not the type of target I think we should be going after, but he does give us asset accumulation for a further trade down the line. That way we can like get rid of guys and not have a completely depleted roster. Mm-hmm. But my main worry with him is you bring him into Tibbs, System. I, I put quotations because it's not really an offensive system. He's just running pistol action and isos and dribble handoffs. It's like right, right. A garbage. like high school offense. So I worry: Will OG ever reach potential? Will he regress? How how stagnant and obtuse with a with a lineup being spacing be? With the Knicks, when you insert Obi and take out someone like uh, OG and take out Grimes, who's actually a really good shooter, and right. you pair RJ and OG. To me, that's just like an awful, awful spacing offense. I mean, tonight we shot 20.6% from three, but we only had 27 assists. Those have been issues that have pledged us under Tibbs' regime from the moment he got here. Low assists with third worst in the NBA in assists. That will only get worse with OG. Another player wants to get his own shot and go ISO. Like it, it, the fit doesn't make sense to me with him as a head coach. If we did an offensive coordinator, like a, another guy on the bench who can start steam a little bit better, sure. But it put him into this system is setting him and us up for disaster.
0: I would still, I don't know, man. I, I would still roll my dice on it only because of, of the defense and we need a wing. Um, Like I said, we, I've talked about price before. The price is, is, is three first round picks. I would only do one unprotected pick and two protected that that's my Great. max. I'm not going to give them three unprotected picks. I've said it on this program before I'll explain my logic that, um, to get a star here, they, the, the, big dog alpha top 20 guys usually need multiple first round picks that are unprotected. And it's usually you, you might, you might need three, but if we do have a OG here, Um, I do feel like if there was a time where we had to get an all-star here, um, a guy like OG could be good enough to supplement a pick in uh, another player's eyes because he's a guy who leads the league and steals and is a defensive dynamo and can hit you, give you some threes and some scoring. So I would do that. Now, when it comes to the spacing, I I agree with you, Lee. Like the spacing thing does concern me a little bit. Um being playing next to R J. Uh, Grimes just gives us so much with the with the even though Grimes is struggling right now, just the fact that he knows how to even close out with such force kind of Little Gates, a little bit of the stress of him not even hitting the threes at the clip he's supposed to be hitting it right now, and that's not really OG's game at this moment. But man, we we, we desperately need a wing. We desperately do need a wing, so I, I would still go for it. I'm not even gonna hold you.
2: Yeah, um, I would go for it too. I do think three first round picks from is a bit pricey to me. Because for me, if I'm going to give up three first round picks for somebody, I'm thinking a player that's going to be a game changer. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And OG's not really a game changer. OG is just a, a need at the moment. You know, he, like he's not going to automatically like, give the Knicks like 10 plus wins. You know, like he's going to be a solid piece that the Knicks can use at the wing, which they need. So to, the, so to me, I think three picks is a bit too expensive. i would give them two picks. I think he's worth he's, I think he's definitely worth two first round picks. And I agree with everything else y'all said, like, you know, OG could be that piece where if you're looking for a bigger trade in the future, you could definitely include him into the deal. And, and because you're including a player like that into the deal, it might help you keep a pick or two because of that. But also at the same time, like I do, I do think he's going to provide help at least even if the fit is not great offensively, because I don't, because I think with OG coming in, I can't see them benching RJ. So more than likely, the change I'm going to, the, the more than likely the change that I'm predicting is that OG is going to be put into that three hole, and then RJ is going to be put into two, and then they're going to put Grimes on the bench. That's what I'm thinking when OG comes, and I don't know about that fit on offense. And, and to be honest about it, if I was a coach, I would probably tinker around with the lineup and probably put OG at the three, keep Grimes at the two, and have RJ come off the bench to see how effective he can be off the bench and straighten that bench real quickly. If that if it was if it was me as a coach, but I don't think that's going to happen because you know politics is involved. Then they just signed RJ Barrett to a four year, one hundred million dollar deal. So I don't think that's going to happen anyway. But yeah, I would still go for that trade. I, I'm just not giving up three picks for him. I'm giving up two picks.
0: Yeah, I guess my question is how expensive are three picks if they are unprotected? Because if we could, if like, because if we're going by the from Mitchell trade. If we would offer three unprotected picks and like, they're not gonna take three unprotected picks for for Donovan Mitchell. So I'm just like, well, they're not gonna take three unprotected for Donovan Mitchell. Even if they want three picks, it's not like I can get a premium with a bunch of unprotected. So why not see if we can use some of those for a guy who is a B plus guy. Here, here's this one strong pick and get these two uh nickels or two quarter pit you know what i mean like get the, so to me I, I get three picks the number in your head seems big but when when you when you realize that not every player is going to command unprotect is going to command protected picks then he's like you know what take these unprotected that's 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 the way i think about it anyway
2: yeah, but I just feel like the, mar- the market has been inflated due to that Gold Bear deal. But at least for the Gobert deal, it's like the man was a two or three-time defensive player of the year at least. At least the man has some type of accolades where you can at least put some logic behind that. to why he cost so many first-round picks. OG is just a solid player. Mm-hmm. He's just a solid 3-and-D wing. I, I don't think you should be giving up three first-round picks for a solid 3-D wing. Like, I think Agreed. that's too much.
0: Mm. Parish Duggar, okay, he says, okay, people like this. Shout out to Parish Duggar. Files with chat says, I think y'all are missing something big. I wonder if RJ got or is getting traded for OG. Is the reason he didn't come back in? I think that's what's up. Nah, I think he's just mad he got benched.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, think, he's uh, gonna- I don't think he can't be traded, right? Because of the poison pill in his contract.
0: Yeah. I don't think he would be traded this year. I think he have to. He, that would have to wait until uh, the off season for that to even happen. So RJ is firing right now. Like there, he can't really be moved. So
2: yeah, and I don't think. Uh, and I don't think Toronto would take on his contract anyways. So <laughs> I don't think Toronto would even trade for RJ.
0: Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it kind of I can see. Well, not right now. Like. With RJ being from Toronto. Like I can see them playing like the, the Toronto version of coming home like we did for Melo. And I can see it happening really. Like if it's not now like later down the line. Like yeah. if 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 there was some turmoil turmoil between RJ and the Knicks, I can see the Toronto. I'm coming home. I can see that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With a Canadian accent. <laughs> exactly.
0: I'm coming home, eh? I'm coming home. Like I can see it. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, they probably they, they probably gonna have Drake rapping it too. Oh, with the remix, <laughs> yeah,
0: hey, have 40 have the gum coming home with like it sound like he's rapping underwater or something. Yeah, that'd be kinda hot.
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> to average that.
0: eight <laughs> uh, <laughs> Please <see
1: that>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh Ronnie Sanders is the final out of super chat says, I'd rather have Trent Jr. than OG.
1: Yeah, me too. Mm.
0: Yo, it's like another problem. It's like I, I would love Trent Jr. because he shoots threes and he plays defense, even though the coach is kind of pissed for him and not playing defense. It's, I think that's probably why they're trying to get rid of him. I don't know. Um, but uh I, I'll definitely love. I I'll definitely love him. But I also know we've been struggling versus these long six, seven wing guys. So I want a a six seven wing guy to combat them with. You know what I mean? Um, but thanks, thank you for that super chat. Um Well, well, let's talk about some more trade rumors today. Interestingly enough, Sadiq Sadiq Bey has entered the chat. All right, Sadiq Bey has entered the chat. Uh, Ian Begley has reported, he was watching a putback, and he stated that the Knicks have indeed contacted the Pistons about Sadiq Bey. Um, which is interesting. I'm not sure how likely a trade for Sadiq Bey is to happen. But Ian Begley did say to keep an eye on that. So that's what we're doing. We are. Interestingly enough, Sadiq Bey has been the apple of a lot of Knicks fans. eye. And let's see, you know what? Let I mean, we bust out some Sadiq Bey. Right this season, these are the stats. Look at that, Sadiq Bay. fourteen point six points per game, one point five assists, four and a half rebounds, forty percent from the field, thirty four percent from three. Season high: thirty one points, six rebounds this season. Um, uh, Ryan G, me starting right out with you. What do you? Th- what is your thoughts on acquiring Sadiq Bay to the New York Knicks? I know a lot of people feel like he would be a lot cheaper option than og so they would rather go this route
2: yeah um i do think he would be a cheaper option i can't see him costing more than og to bring him in he's a good young three and d player you know he's clearly he's clearly shown that since his time with the pistons he can definitely shoot the three where's the Knicks do need the Knicks do need shooting he's a decent defender as well um i think with um with Sadiq Bey like I don't know like I know Ian Begley has said it but I don't know how willing the Pistons are really to trade him that's kind of weird to me because I would I would see him more as a piece with you know in Detroit as opposed to a piece that they're trying to get rid of and then looking at their roster like I'm not really because I know the guy I know the guy they have behind him is Kevin Knox and I don't I mean, at least if I'm Detroit, I'm not really seeing him as a guy that's going to replace Sadiq Bey in a starting lineup. Yeah, so I to agree. me, it's like, I, to me, it doesn't make sense as to why Detroit would trade him. But if if he's open... Unless Obi's is you know, involved. Well, maybe. But, I mean, if he is open, like, I would explore that. I would explore that deal. Like, I would, I would bring him in if that's the case. But I just don't see it. Like I don't see why Detroit would be willing to part with them.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that the one stat you forgot to put up there is that his defensive rating this system this season is an atrocious one hundred and twenty.
0: I was getting like, to it. I was I was letting y'all cook first.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I was it, getting to it. Go ahead. <laughs> first two seasons, seasons in the league, he's had like a, a much higher defensive win share. Um, over one point one this season, it's really plummeted, and th- th- there's a lot of reasons for that. They've been Terribly, I uh, dealt with terrible in- injuries, especially Kate Cunningham. Isaiah Stewart was out for for long patches. They integrated Bojan Bondanovic, which hurts their team defense mm-hmm. overall. Um, you know they're a young team. Kevin Knox is playing more minutes. Uh, Killian Hayes is playing more minutes, so they're a young team in transition, trying to establish an identity. You know Dwayne Casey's a, a, a tough job on his hands, but individual defense you can always maintain no matter how bad your team is. And Sadiq Bay has been absolutely garbage this season in regards to that, which doesn't mean he can't improve. My worry and why I bring that up is, will he play under Tibbs, or will this be Cam Reddish part two? That's, that's my number one worry is if he comes in, this is and first of all, the, the situations are very I mean, similar between, the, between him and uh, Cam to where Cam was in Atlanta and he wasn't playing the defense. He was, you know, having issues with chemistry. They bounced him. Everyone's like, why is he being left? There's such a young team. They could use him on the wing. came, to New York, had some attitude issues off the court as Bedley has reported. And after you know, a season and a half, he's banished from a team essentially under Tibbs. Well, Bay is kind of that same narrative in Detroit. It's questionable why a team is getting rid of a young piece when they're already a young dev- developing core. It doesn't make sense to get rid of them. He comes here. it could be another squandered asset all over again. And it's like, man, if I need one more reason to hate Tom Thibodeau, please, let's not squash another young player with major upside because he falters on D from time to time. So will he thrive in New York? That's a major question mark. It really depends on what we give up. If we can shed a little salary, two seconds, a highly, highly protected first, maybe the Detroit one, sure, but not that Washington pick. Not the milwaukee pick certainly not the dallas pick and no knicks picks i would keep the, the return very minimal and very safe just because you never know tibbs be tipping.
0: is be tibbin really lee we, i think we was wanted to and we connected on that one because <laughs> because when i seen this rumor i was like why in the world would the front office do this knowing what just happened and is what's still happening with Cam. Like, if the front office made this move, I would I would throw something because I already know how this movie is going to end. Like, you can't trade for a man who can't play defense under Tom Thibodeau at this level, especially if if you're not shooting If you're not shooting like 90% from the line, 40% from three and shooting like a high clip field goal percentage on offensive side, do not trade for an old young player because unless your offensive side is just so extravagant that it just covers for your lack of defense, Tom isn't going to play you. So I, I completely agree with Lee. Too much, too much risk. I would stay clear from this. It's just, this is gonna cause a whole nother hate train. One-on-one defense, he's had a problem guarding quicker guards already, um, so I feel like that being here is is going to be an issue. He does a little bit better guarding guys, a little bit slower, a little bit stronger, but and he might need some time, but he's not going to get the time to develop here under right. Tom Thibodeau, so I personally would stay clear because that's a disaster waiting to happen.
2: I don't know. I disagree. Honestly, because I think Detroit is just a bad they just a bad defensive team overall. Nobody really plays defense on Detroit, period. And even and even the season beforehand, I've seen him play better defense. I don't think he's a player that lacks on the defensive end. I do think you can unlock that in him. It's just a matter of when he comes to the team, him playing on the thibs, a coach that actually demands him to play defense if he's gonna actually you know get with the program and be better on the defensive end and sometimes i think sometimes i think it's what it's the team you're on that you know that pretty much like what am i trying to say it's like the team you're on pretty much like determines how you play sometimes yeah you know what i mean so sometimes when you go to a better situation, you end up playing better. And I don't and I don't and I don't think him and the Camp situation is I don't think it's a, it's the same at all because in Atlanta, Cam was playing for a while, then he got then he got benched, and that, that made him expendable. He actually gets playing time in Detroit. Like he's con, he's consistently playing. So it's not really it's not it's not really a case where it's like, okay, you're going after a player you're like, damn, you know, I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm really gonna get out of this player. So let me just you know take a you know a flyer on him and see what, how he does you know with our team. Like you actually see him play every night. You know what he's capable of, and you know that he play he probably does play better defense than he does on a consistent night with with Detroit now. So it's just a matter of if you bring him to the squad, can Thibs get into him and let and and then when he's with a better team and 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 you know so sometimes when you're in a better atmosphere you play better. So I think that. Bringing him in, I don't, I don't see that as a detriment as a camp situation. It's just a matter of him being in a better situation, you know. Can Thibs get him to play defense on a more consistent basis with a team that plays defense? Because Detroit plays no defense. They don't. And he's, and he's proved that he's a better defender than he is in his previous seasons.
0: Well, I'll just say this. I'm with Lee in the fact that, like, the price has to be super cheap because I don't want to see that experiment blow up in my face again. And you could be right, Ryan. You could be you, he plays better defense because he he's around better defenders and a, and a better system and in a better situation. That can absolutely be right. But we don't necessarily know that. <laughs> like, but you could be right, though, because it happens all the time. Look at look at look at Rui Achimura. Rui Achimura looks looks like a stud next to LeBron. When yeah. you, you just gotta sit there and hit threes and then move off the ball and get a dunk, you know what I mean? Like all that absolutely matters. But you, shh, you just don't know. You just don't know. All right, salute to the chat. Um, shout out to picks for Timmy Ken Bowens. DJ D-Jax, Eddie Alvarez, everybody else is rocking with the show. Shout out the to Boston Nick as well. Um, if you like to show, you already know, hit the like and the subscribe. We're here after every game. We have a, a special guest coming with joining us on Thursday, I believe. Most likely, I have to double check that. I have to double check that just to make sure to confirm. But we'll have a, a, a guest with us um, joining us on the, call, on, the, on the post game. No, it's not Monica. All right. <laughs> All right, all right. Oh man, I don't know. That, I, I feel like if we covered anything, I don't know if you guys have anything on your chest that you want to get out.
1: I was, uh, I was watching for the first time. I watched Tata Boys today because Jay Ellis has always told me that <laughs> Ari from Manhattan and I have very similar tastes Oh and yeah, damage Ellis. You're right, bro. I told you. <laughs> That's my twin, man, for real. You and
0: Ari have s- s- very similar takes. It's just that <laughs> you're like a humble version of Ari. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he saw he saw me in the chat and had nothing but good things to say about both of y'all. Yeah, he's, He was I, I'm mad respectful. I had, had a lot of respect and admiration. It called both y'all out by name in a good way that mm-hmm. he had a lot of love for y'all. No, nah, I'm, yeah, I've been cool with
0: since. Yeah, I've been cool with since, since you know KFTV days.
1: So. The the one thing he brought up, uh, it was him and Jay from Florida, also a great Twitter follow. If you want to be angry all the time, uh, <laughs> they brought up a great point that made me think today about Tibbs and Leon and Dolan in respect to the interviews that he gave recently <clears throat> on radio and on TV. Is that like the reason that we never hire smart? like nerdy brainiac guys for the front office or young upstart black coaches and the, on the sidelines, it might be because Dolan is more comfortable with fellow baby boomers in terms of conversation and trust and connection as he's owned the franchise. He's always kind of had guys around and they're around the same age. And as he's aged, he mm-hmm. reached out to guys the same age or older. And I think that that's one of the reasons why we really are stuck in this very uh, archaic mindset like basketball that's being played and thought about and steamed for 10-15 years prior is because the type of guys that dolan is very comfortable around because leon and tibbs they're all over you know over 60 years old like like dolan and i think that that's why it's very rare and very unlikely for us ever to go all in on someone who's very young and passionate has very different outside the box ideas both in the front office capacity and on a coaching capacity. And I thought that's just a, something they brought up and it got me thinking. I was like, damn, I saw a thing about Dolan's rise as an owner. He always has guys or he's real close to, has personal connections with or around the same age as him um, as an owner.
0: Well, I guess if anything, anybody was to kind of break that mold, maybe it was maybe Fizdale, but I will say he's right. And the structure. I remember. I remember there was a time when the Knicks had to hire a like a, a GM, and they wanted. To, I forgot who it was. So they wanted to come here, and part of being here was they wanted to kind of dismantle the system that was already in place and kind of bring in his own people and kind of do all new things. And they said no. You know, they they. They're still very comfortable with having certain people in place and not moving him because they've been here for so long. Um, that's why even when Steve Mills was fired, quotes air quotes,
2: right.
0: He wasn't fired and then like just pushed off the pasture. He was fired and then rehired and then put somewhere else within the MSG infrastructure. So it's like there's always going to be like an infrastructure of M- MSG old guys who have just been here for years. And that's that's just the way it is. So it's like until Doling, I don't know if his younger son buys a team and he sees it differently, that like that's the way is pretty much going to be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But that was a very interesting take. I never really thought about that.
1: Me neither. Yeah. me neither it, it got my brain working I was like damn these guys are right now, all these baby boomers love each other man Dolan loves being around his like best friend baby boomers all these old guys that have old ways of thinking old money it's like this shit's never gonna change <laughs> it's,
2: it's
0: business um, is, it's business is connections in general
1: yeah it, yeah. it
0: really is businesses is connections in general it's all about who you know and that's that, that's the way it is for Nick's from our office that's where it is in most places to be honest with you uh, yeah. It's really hard to Facts. break in with new blood, especially with Corona old is- regimes. Yeah,
2: that, that, hmm? that's why we need somebody who's near and close to James Dolan to recommend one of those young yes. upstarts or one of those young minds and be like, "Hey, you know what? You should hire this guy as a GM." <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Facts. <laughs> oh man! All right, yo your Paris is really pissed about this. RJ says so I'm shocked people think RJ getting dissed in the fourth quarter and overtime on national TV is nothing to RJ. Nobody said it was nothing to RJ. Did you say it was nothing? I said that he's oh, pissed okay. because he got benched.
2: That's yeah, he's pissed.
0: He's pissed. And then you lose on top of getting benched. Now you're like, see, Coach, this is what happens when you don't put me in. You lose. Like,
2: I, I mean, I get it. You know? and i did mention it earlier in the podcast too that you know he did walk out on media because mm-hmm. he in the fourth quarter at overtime yeah, we this, so we all knew he was clearly pissed yeah. yeah
1: i saw the 9-11 conspiracy it is what it is it yeah, is what it is doesn't mean
0: yeah. he's getting traded but at least not right now unless they feel like a big scar is available but i don't think they see uh og Ananobi as like the big star to trade rj for i don't think that's what's happening at all um <laughs> All right. Salute so to the chat. That's our show. Um, you already know. Follow us on. You know what? Shout out to everybody in chat. Lee, let them know where they can find you. Uh,
1: well, I want to give some shout outs real quick. Man, my main man, Walt Pear, and I was watching the game today. And I was like, you know, everything I love about the Knicks really comes from Walt Perrin and his scouting and drafting and getting all these young guys in here that become our young core that all of us love so much with the exception of like the one good free agent signing Jalen Brunson uh, by, by Leon, you know, you can say what you will about Randall. That wasn't a Leon move, but it was a Scott Perry move. But Walt Perrin has really built this team from the ground up internally through the draft. And I want to give him some flowers. We don't mention him very often. Sometimes we do, but not a whole lot on this show. And, you know, we're dogging a lot of people nits related, but Walt Perrin is one guy that I hope uh, James Dolan keeps around because he's one of the smartest guys in the room, and I, I give him a lot of props for what we are right now on the good side of things. I also, Absolutely. want to shout out my my, my three NITs mentors, Boston Nit, who's in the chat. My big on Tony Baines, my main man. Came, I'm trying to convert him from Knit Fan TV over here on Knit the <laughs> Time Show, man. That's my main guy. I gotta have him in the chat, man. And and of course George from Intimate nitverse Three three of my NITs idols and shout mentors. Shout out to I appreciate George. Him. I love all three of you guys, shout man. Out to
0: Boston Boston is. I keep saying he's like one of the nicest guys on Nick's Twitter, period.
1: Yep. And smart. <laughs> Humble. Sweet. Great dude. Yeah, find me on Twitter. I'm always arguing with Jay Ellis. Yeah. Just, just, just follow the thread. You'll just see. Follow.
0: <laughs> yeah, we haven't argued in a while. I don't know what's happened. <laughs> I,
1: need, I need to fire that up tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, you to <can> find something <laughs> to argue about.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
0: shout out to Wolf, Wolf Perrin. Definitely doing a phenomenal job. And despite all the mid-talk, I'm still high on this team. I know people feel like, you know, we should be in the championship contending right now. But I'll just keep saying this. We were not even in the playoffs this last year, guys. We haven't even been in the playoffs last year. All right. Had not been in in the playoffs the year before. Missed it this this last year. And now you can probably make it this year. So this is called foundational stuff. You gotta build your foundation strong first before you go for championship season. There's not p. Pe- there's not a lot of teams who go from not making the playoffs to contenders the next year. It just doesn't work like that. It's not really realistic. So okay. it's it's okay to be mid this year. It's okay to be mid for a year or two. When now, if you five or six years mid, then it's something wrong. <laughs> All right. When you five or six years mid, and all your players are thirty plus, and you don't have picks, and you're capped out, now nah, you're in trouble. Not nah, that that, but that's not our situation. We have all. You have a lot of young players. You have we have picks, and we have foundational pieces here who are like twenty six and under, and a couple who are twenty seven. So it's okay. It's okay. The sky's not falling. All right. Um, Ryan G. Let him know we can find you.
2: In fact, I just want to throw in there that the situation that JL has just described, that's the Lakers. But yes, I'm going (laughs) to keep (laughs) this
0: Listen. The Lakers are in scary territory right now, man. The Lakers are the bad mid. Like you said, all their guys are older. They don't have a lot of picks to move around. AD that guy is supposed to be young Is injury prone So even if you flip him Teams are, might scratch their head About giving you first round picks LeBron James is on his way out Like they're in trouble for real You see they picking up old scraps From other teams that used to be somebody And hoping they can get They got Troy over there They got Lonnie Walker over there Like that's They're in trouble Their records around is around our record But they're in trouble Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's yeah, all
3: right. Lakers are,
2: Lakers are a good, like, five games on the 500, but, uh, yeah, oh, I, I, I digress. I'm going to go back Yeah, <laughs> what I was saying. So, um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Sergi is chilling.
0: Sergi is chilling.
2: That's S-I-R-G is C H I L L I. You can also find me at Sergi's Corner, and you can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K I'm not as engaging as J-E-L-L-S and Lee, but I try to be, but next to be pissing me the hell off.
0: Man. All right. You're going to find us, man. Find us on the KOT show on Twitter. Hold on, let me get to my screen. So I got oh, what any- about
1: the bra picks?
0: Oh. bro Do you have any <laughs> bra picks today? Things that make you go, hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna say that uh in the regulation uh ISL play. Drawn up by Tibbs for Julius Randall. Bruh. I mean, yeah, before I went to commercial, I saw him scribbling on a board and talking real fast. And I was like, oh, snap. And we were just up to intelligent. And then it was just Julius Randall. <laughs> I, so,
2: yeah.
1: Bruh.
0: Sorry. It's wrong, button. it's hit the wrong. Button. Oh, man. If they would have done the out of bounds play they did when they got Brunson to lay up that play, that would have been like, yeah. But they. I don't know. They have the plays because I've seen them just use them in the fourth. I don't know. It's weird. Whatever. All right. That's a good bro. Pick. You have any, Ryan?
2: No, nah, man. I, you see, I got to get myself back into the groove of looking for those bro picks again. So I'll have them <laughs> for Thursday. I'm, I'm gonna
3: <laughs> you
0: I'm The RJ. Didn't RJ Barrett shoot the air ball today. That deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. One RG, one RJ Barrett air ball every game since the last three games, I feel like he's had I feel like he's had an air ball every game for like this last three games. So bro pick for that. Yes, right.
2: and, I, and I see and I see Parish in the chat going on about 47 points that RJ scored against LeBron last game and being benched on national TV and, and how it's not going anywhere. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> he played bad He played bad. Sure. There's a reason to be benched, he played bad.
1: Barry said, "Denial is a river on this show tonight."
0: <laughs> Guess this show is in Egypt tonight. Okay,
1: that, right. That's my brother.
2: <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I'll be RJ going to get over it. I mean, hell, this is my to play better. Shoot,
1: oh, RJ
0: Barrett is that guy who responds to being benched. That's for sure. That's for damn sure, and he. Listen, he shot what thirty eight percent from the field today. I'm not even looking at the stats, but that deserves that deserves a seat. It just does. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> yep. oh. oh man. All right. That is that is our show once again. Um, listen, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, listen to the KOT show. Get those snapbacks, blue and orange, black and white. At I show. no one can see you right now because <laughs> I have the single screen on Lee has the fire <laughs> Tim's shine up and no one can see it. <laughs> Follow us on the KOT show on Twitter, the Nick show on Instagram and Facebook as well at the Nick Time show. And um, yeah, check out the blog suit at the Nick show.com. Check out Mikey's last blog too. Yeah. give you that, that right up some love. Shout out to my guy, Mikey.
1: Totally.
0: Yeah. Mikey never calls in. Mikey be asleep by the time post game comes on.
1: Damn. I want to talk to Mikey. <laughs> I think Mikey. I love Ike Mikey's is, writing. I
0: think that's what it is. He's like I, I gotta get
1: this. Mikey's a good speed. writer, y'all. Hmm? Mikey's a very good writer. I love his writing.
0: Yeah. KLT, we got some some low key, some low-key, high key good writers. All right. No doubt. Shout out to Ryan G, who started. He was the first official writer for the KLT show before he
2: quit all right <laughs> uh, i just need to find time to start writing again i gotta start i gotta find time man. yeah
0: though he's been saying that for like three years he, he,
2: <laughs>
0: <know>. <laughs> yeah shout out to my guy Nike mikey man very great writer that is our show <laughs> <laughs> yo I'm, ha- I'm gonna have to have another side just to come back fire team
2: side yo <laughs> hey paris right now say that when he doesn't start next game. Come on, man. Come oh, on. Come on. Bro. You know, you know you, boy. <laughs> you know wait Ryan. Start
1: next game. <laughs> so. Ryan, you forgot the second part. I won't hold the elevator for y'all because you're late.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Paris, you were writing too?
1: <laughs>
0: that was kinda funny, man. <laughs> oh man. <laughs>
1: that was kind of funny. <laughs> All right,
0: Paris. So, what are you going to say when RJ starts the next game? What are you going to say, man? What are you going to say? That's my guy. Oh,
1: man. Yo, Paris, if RJ starts the next game, you got to send a $50 super chat. With apology. Facts. Oh, man. This has been a funny ass show.
2: (laughs) All right. Deal? (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know he ain't taking that bet. I ain't know he ain't taking that. Bet.
2: Oh
1: man! Crying, <laughs> he said, "Phew!" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: like,
1: "Too risky for my blood."
0: <laughs>
1: oh man!
0: All right, all right, yo, that is our show. Oh man! And as you guys know.
3: Shout out the World Wide West Everywhere
2: we go we leave a worldwide mess Mess out here in
0: these next YouTube streets And on this show with these fire tip slots, man Let's go
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh man I'm gonna get a Will coach for food uh, That is our <laughs> show <laughs> We out here Peace
3: Fuck. Uh-huh.